Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thanks for joining us this week on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Appreciate you joining us every week. Excited to be here again hosting for Andrew Duncan. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage in studio. I was just going <laughs> to say, it's, this is the first time in a long time you and I have been in the studio yeah. together, maybe over a year. We've done it several times virtually with COVID and all that sort of stuff, yeah. but it's been a long time we sat in the studio and done yeah. this together. <laughs> yeah, right? I feel like I was here in the studio, but then I don't think you were here that right. week. And I, I love the studio vibe. I feel like it's yep. so much better. It feels like we're actually having a conversation we can look at each other instead of just staring blankly and wondering if we sound okay. But um, excited to be back here. Lots and lots of changes like we talked about last week in the real estate world. Um, It seems like this time of year, there's always a lot of changes. News moves really, really, really fast. I think because everybody always takes a break at the end of the year. They take a little bit of a breather. They decide, you know, to reassess. We're going to talk after the holidays. We're going to figure out what we're going to do. And then it's like, news everywhere. The market jumps back up. Everything starts to change. And I know we went into a ton of detail last week about the changing environment regarding rates in the industry and how that is really um, probably going to shape the upcoming year or the next several years possibly in the real estate space. Um, And I know we talked about at the time how quickly rates had gone up, um, which is not unexpected. I think we expected it to kind of go through the year and it's happened a little bit quicker than we thought. Um, But what are any kind of changes this week or what's going on this week? Yeah. So, so um, it's been another week, kind of more of the same, right? I mean, everything in the news, you're starting to hear it in mainstream media. I see it on the front covers, you know, inflation, 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 and inflation causes interest rates to go up. And, you know, a lot of talk about the Fed being behind the eight ball, and they're going to raise maybe four times instead of three this year. So we've seen the 10-year treasury, which is most tied to mortgage rates, creep up again more this year, and interest rates have gone up. And one thing that I think is worth noting, and that we were talking about it before the show, is we've had several people call us this week, and you know they're they're getting ready to because you know maybe they were they put it on the shelf for the holidays, and now they're getting back out there, and everything else is surprise. Yeah, if you had a pre-approval or you went and you talked to your mortgage professional back in December, back in you know November, I mean, darn, back a couple weeks ago. It's different now. And so what they may have qualified you on, your interest rate may have gone up. And while um, it may have changed your, your your payment by, you know, $40, $50 because the interest rates have gone up. I mean, with the move in the interest rates, they've gone up darn near, you know, between 0.875 and 1, 1%. Um, in the in just the beginning part of this year, it's it, that's a rather significant move in that short short of period of time. So that will change your payment. So you should go back and talk to your mortgage professional. Um, make sure that what they gave you is still good. Make sure you still qualify because I'd hate for anybody out there to go out there and look at a house and if they were at the top end of their range, now not be able to qualify for it because a higher interest rate and a higher payment put them out of the qualification. And even if that's not the case for you, to make sure it's still a payment that makes you feel com- that you feel comfortable mm-hmm. with, um, that's going to be out there. And unfortunately, there's a lot of miss when th- when things like this happen. And you know, I've been in the business 20 years and gone through many cycles like this. Rates go up, they go down, and everything else. But when rates go up, there's a lot of sometimes panic in the marketplace, and um, people are afraid to give bad news and tell people out there. So they're trying to hang on to an interest rate, and they may tell you, yeah, you still can get your three and a quarter interest rate that's out there. 
but it may cost you three or five thousand dollars now to get that same interest right. rate. So the rates are still out there. It's just what does it cost to get that interest rate? Right, by paying yeah. for it at closing. Right, by paying so, for points and everything yeah, else. Yeah, and I would call that almost like a prepayment. You know, it's it's different than a prepayment, but kind of in in layman's terms, you can kind of think about it. It's similarly. prepaid interest. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay, a, that's well, how it's done. It's, I mean, it's it's defined as prepaid interest. It can can be tax deductible. The the discount points you pay to get a mm-hmm. lower interest rate. So there are different options that are out there. But you know, it, it would be important if you got it several weeks ago to make sure you get back with your mortgage professional. Call us, somebody. Make sure you get that that pre approval refreshed so you know actually what you're dealing with in the marketplace as it stands today. Well, and I was talking to um, one of my friends, and they've you know him and his fiance, they've been looking for a home since really the last couple of years. But I would say really in the beginning of 2020 is really when it started that they started looking for homes. And he went over the weekend. He was excited. He wanted to look at this house and they don't live in our market. So I'm not helping them, but I answered their questions and he sure. was excited. They went to look at it and he came back and I said, Oh, how, how'd it go? How, how'd the house hunting go? Oh, we really like the house, but gosh, everything's just so expensive. I don't think we're going to pull the trigger. And I said, dude, do you know what interest rates are doing? Like, I mean, I know that you're kind of freaked about these prices, but just since the end of the year, they've went up about a point. And I used a mortgage calculator and I showed him, I said, you know, on a $500,000 house, do you know how much the market would have to drop in order for it to make up for the interest rate rise? Or even if they went back up to like, something more normal. I mean, the market would have to go down like 50% in order for the payment to be the same. So right. I think that people really, um, they get really, 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 really focused on the price of the house because as consumers in our economy, we're so focused on the price, even when we're using credit cards and car, like all this stuff is very, oh, well, we don't pay attention. We just pay the bill. So I think people are so used to seeing that they're not thinking about what is the interest rate going to do to that payment, even if the price went down and it was cheaper? Because a lot of times the price can go down. And I I showed him on paper, I was like, man, this house has to go down by like 50 grand in order to even make up for the the interest rate rise. I mean, it's just consumers, I think, don't think in those terms of the payment. People, right. They talk about interest rates and talk about all these different things, but the way they actually think and the way they ultimately act out there is usually by the monthly payment, right? Mm-hmm. And so whether or not they, you know, they know their monthly payment can't be more than 2500 or 1500 or whatever it may be and that's really what they're they're, you know, looking at when they're when they're out there shopping and everything else that goes there. And the reality is inflation is everywhere now and it's one of these things now I heard somebody uh, somebody, you know, one of the news people on the um this week on one of the shows talk about how inflation nobody is immune from inflation. Mm. It hits everybody, right? It doesn't. It hits everybody that's involved, from you know getting a gallon of gas to paying for you know a meal at a restaurant, and, you know everything else. Everybody's experiencing that going through there, and and so it's trickling in there. So a lot of people, um, and I think we'll see that this year, are going to be a little bit more cautious because they're feeling not just in mortgages, but they're feeling a lot of their payments going up and prices rising that goes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I'll say, a good protection against inflation, though, is buying a house. Correct. So even though the interest rates have gone up 0.875 or 1%, 
the reality is you're locking that in for 30 years. I mean, when we talk those rates, that's on a 30-year mortgage. So you're locking that in for 30 years. So regardless what if inflation does from that point, you're getting that locked in for a long period of time in a way is a great protection against. Yes. And the best thing to do in a highly inflationary market or really any inflationary market is is to buy assets. Right. So the best thing to do, um, hate to say this to all the first-time homebuyers, second home buyer. I mean, a lot of investors are putting their money into assets like housing. Right, Be- tangible assets, Correct. right? You're going to go back, you're going to yes. see gold, you're going to see you know, silver. A lot of those times when it gets like that, they go into tangible assets, real estate being one of those. Yes. Um, you know, that, that goes in there. Well, and I mean, let's say, you know, inflation's going up 7 8% a year, which is what it's kind of been tracking for a couple months. That means like, if you just keep your money in the bank next year, it's worth seven to eight percent less than it is this year. Correct. So you know, a dollar this year is now worth much less next year if it's sitting in the bank. If you're buying an asset and that asset class is even holding value, even if prices don't go up, you're still better than keeping the money in the bank. So yes. it's definitely. Um, and then when you're looking at some markets going up by twenty percent, which I don't think is sustainable, and I don't think it's going to sustain like that. Right. But just the market going up. Um, or staying the same, it's better than keeping the asset in the bank when inflation is high. So I think that having the tangible asset um, is definitely better than waiting. And I think it's probably going to be like that for a while. I think it could, you know, affect the market for a while. Um, You know, haven't really seen it affect the market yet, but I think the market is just so, um, you know, so in need and so backlogged of people that want to buy homes, I think we would have to go a long way before we actually saw some change in the market because of it. Yeah. And one of the things I'd like to frame for everybody, too, as we talk about this, we're not trying to cause fear no. or cause it by anything else. And to put it, give you a kind of a frame of reference, interest rates are back where they were in late February and early March of 2000, right? Right before COVID hit and the pandemic. 2020. Right, 2020. 2020. Yeah, yeah, 2020, yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me. So um, yeah, right back 2020, two years ago. In the grand scheme of things, interest rates are still extremely low. You just can't have yesterday's rate or last month's rate. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist today. But you can still have overall a very low interest rate um, from historical, even if you look at it a decade at a time, it's it's the lowest that, that it's been. And so while it's not not as low as it was last month or six months ago, it still is relatively low and a great time time to buy assets, especially with the way the market is going in the supply and da- supply and demand dynamic. Correct. So, Mike, how would they get in touch with you? Um, and I know we go over this a lot, but how do they get in touch with you if they want to get pre-qualified for today, or even if they got a pre-qualification last year? Maybe they decide not to move forward, but they want to get the most up-to-date information. For sure, you can give me a call at eight one three. Again, 813-377-2743, or reach out to, or you can go online to uh, crosscountrytampa.com, all one word, crosscountrytampa.com. Yeah, and this is a great time to do that. You know, a lot of things, especially, again, if you got pre-qualified last year, a lot of requirements changed from last year in a positive way. Conventional loan limits changed. Yes. Um, A lot of things have changed since last year, as they always do. So I would tell you, if you decided to, if you looked last year and you held off because you couldn't find anything, 
it, there's definitely a lot more options. I would call Mike, who is a great lender, or I would call your lender if you're going to work with them and just figure out what the changes are and what you can qualify for this year. And then give us a call. We have a ton of properties that aren't on the market yet. There's owners that are working on them. They might be going through probate. They might be doing a whole bunch of stuff where they're not quite on the market yet. We'd love to set you up with you know, some information on those, or just to help you find anything that is on the market, give us a call 813-359-8990. That's our office line. Or you can go to our website. You can chat with us there. You can, you know, send us an email from there. Um, and it's duncanduo.com. And we'll be back right after this quick break to talk more about the Tampa Bay real estate market. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo real estate show. Thanks for being with us this week and every week. <laughs> we we um we were talking about the different changes in the market and we were going through you know how the market has changed and I know last week we discussed really um how our market was changing based on people relocating here people you know just buying second homes buying um uh, primary residences just how everything was really changing in our market and an article jumped out at us this week it was from realtor.com and it was five stress reducing tips for planning your long distance move i think this is a great article and really relevant to what's going on right now because i do think there's a lot of people that are deciding to make these long distance moves as we've seen by the data number one is consider your move date um, i think this is always a great um, reminder to not only consider your move date but consider your closing date as well. You know, yes. we don't love to see closing dates on, you know, end of month, on Fridays. I mean, if something um, comes up and there's an issue and it's Friday and all of a sudden you're not funding until Monday, you got a problem if all your stuff's on a moving truck. So yes. consider the closing date, consider your move date. You know, you might want to do that uh, towards the middle of the week. You might want to um, do it in a slow month, like especially if you're moving from up north down to here, a lot of times these next couple months are pretty slow up north. So that might be a good time to plan your move. Plus you get to be down here during the better weather. So. Right. <laughs> so consider your move date. Um, number two, have a packing plan. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is one of those things and, and uh, you know, from personal experience and you hear it from people all the time. You know, especially if you live somewhere for a relatively long time, you have more stuff than you think. Yes. <laughs> well, and you've made a long, I mean, it was a long time ago, but I mean, you got up and moved across yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah. I had a long distance move. And I mean, yeah, it was, um, you know, 17 years ago now, but even a couple of years ago, three years ago, we moved from Wesley Chapel to, oh, to Reddington Beach. Same thing. That's just an hour away, right? right? Um, you know, not 20 hours away, but an hour away. But that was a long distance move. And it really, it was. And that's, you know, what I'm thinking when I talk personally is we just had more stuff than we thought. Um, that that's going to go in there. And we were, you know, one of the people we didn't plan as much as we probably should have ahead. Of, and so then it came down to a scramble at the end. What are we going to do with all this stuff and, you know, getting through? So come up with the plan, go through your stuff um, so that you, you know what you want to take, what you don't, if you need to, what you need to do, et cetera. Yeah. Number three is do your research. And I would say really start that early. Um, you know, you want to make sure you have your team in place, whether it's, you know, your real estate agent, your mortgage person, but your movers, any contractors you want to use, uh, make sure you're thinking about utilities and lining all that up before you get close to your closing date. Cause the closer you get to the closing date, the harder it's going to be to plan. And I think again, all these things add a lot of stress to the process. So if you're waiting till the last minute to really do your research on things, it's probably all going to be 
very, very, very stressful. If not, some things might fall apart. Yeah, and utilize time on your advantage. I mean, you hear all these stories now about things being delayed and different things going on with supply chain, all that stuff we've talked about. But a lot of times, you know, people aren't able to commit to dates like they were um, in the past if you call, you know, last minute. So it may be harder to find a mover or to help get people come and give you the assistance or get a contractor out to the house. So the sooner you can get out there and plan for it and get it scheduled, um, the better off you're going to be. Number four is budget accordingly. Um, and the article goes to a whole bunch of different details, but I'm going to tell you that, especially when you're doing a long distance move, um, and I know most people haven't ever done that, but if you're doing a long distance move, I'm going to be honest, you want to budget accordingly, but you might want to budget to just buy all new furniture, buy all new furniture, you know, bring down some of your most important stuff, stuff you can't replace, your clothes, stuff like that. But if you're looking at the price of moving your whole house, I have a feeling that you might figure out that it's cheaper to buy a lot of new stuff. Um, don't do it before closing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> don't do it before closing. But, you know, it can cost sometimes between ten dollars and $20,000 to move a truckload of stuff down from up north. And, yeah. you know, if you're still using furniture from college or getting by with stuff that's, you know, 10 years old, maybe you know, you got a great deal on it and it's kind of lived its life and you think, oh, I don't really want to replace it. Well, when you look at the cost of moving it, it might be better to just replace it. Yeah. I mean, that's a great idea. I never really thought of it that way, but yes, it could potentially save you thousands of dollars. You could liquidate your own house, Correct. right? Have a moving sale and maybe gain, you know, several thousand dollars that way to offset some of the cost of buying the stuff new. Now, be careful. Do your research on how right. long is it going to take you to get yes, furniture, right? Because right? there's some delays on that sort of stuff. So uh, you can't call us up and tell us you're sleeping on air mattresses for for several months. So you got to be you got to plan it out. And this that's what this is all about, right? Is yes, planning ahead, plan. taking the time, coming up with a plan to go through it. But we're trying to give you just different ideas. If you are making, you know, if you're sitting down here listening to us on Sunday morning and you're like, "Ma'am, we bought our house and now we're we're going to go up and pack up and come back," these give you some good well, tips to to plan ahead. My wife's grandparents they moved down um, probably about 10 years ago now. Um, and, you know, we actually had no idea. We'd never really thought about it. But when they got a price to move all of their stuff, that's actually what made more sense. Of course, they still brought some stuff that they'd have for a very long for time. Sure. But they couldn't believe that it cost them um, $10,000, you know, to put their stuff. It, and it was just a truck full of stuff, you right. know. But when, it, when they looked at it and they did a big moving sale, they bought a whole bunch of stuff when they got here. Uh, they actually, I think, netted money from not paying for all of that move plus doing the moving sale wow. when they yeah. bought new stuff. So I think that it's always good to price that out. And uh, I mean, it, it just look at it based on the, the cost of what you think a room could be and kind of go with that. Uh, number five, think about moving insurance. This is this is important. And I don't think that people um, put enough thought into this because we do on the real estate side, um, and this isn't to talk bad about any industry at all because there are great movers out there, but we do hear horror stories about, you know, movers, um, some moving companies, um, uh, some stuff not getting there correctly, maybe expensive furniture being broken. And again, part that part of that is doing your research and finding who who's great and who has the best reviews or maybe somebody that's worked with them before. But... Either way, moving insurance is a great idea because you can't be overly cautious if you have stuff that's that important that you're wanting to move it down. For sure. I think that's a great idea because things can happen and they and do happen. And so to make sure that you're protected um, is just a great idea. Absolutely. So those are a couple tips. 
in order to uh, to do a cross country move or a long distance move. Again, those are a couple tips. We'd love to help you out with anything you need. Give us a call. 813-359-8990 is our office number. We can coordinate for the, <laughs> with you for that, uh, get you into a new home that's cross country. We have a great uh, amount of those. So give us a call and we'll be back right after this quick break. We're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for sticking with us through the long break. Going through a couple real estate tips this week and a couple lists that the that the um, the news put out, just different articles. So the last list that we discussed was some tips on some long distance moves. Now we wanted to discuss some eight surprising lessons a real estate editor learned buying her first house. So this is kind of the um, <laughs> the thing you think about. You know, it's different when you actually are performing the process. And I I've been in real estate for I think 13 years now. And I'll tell you, when I first got in, um, I never sold a house before, my own home, and it was very stressful going through the process. So I think that you can, you know, teach something and talk about something for a while, but going through the process gives you a whole nother um, avenue to think about things. Yeah, and I mean, this is this is just a great list, and it's something that um, she experienced, and I think that many of you guys would experience it too. And it's a good list to to um, to talk about. Um, and the first one, we'll dive right kind of right in. Number one is home buying can take an emotional toll. And I mean, this this can happen, right? It, it, it is a process. There is a lot of moving parts. There is a lot of emotions that go into it, especially if you're leaving maybe a place that you, you've loved and um, and now you're moving somewhere else. There's there's the highs and lows of, you know, getting out, finding your financing, finding your moving. We gave you some tips on that earlier. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So it can take an emotional toll. So relationship um, toll. <laughs> yeah, relationship toll, right? Not, not maybe, you know, seeing eye to eye on how you want everything to go or where you want it. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. So know that that can happen and try and take a deep breath. Having a good plan and not having to rush everything, um, I think really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So number two on the list is you'll likely have to make some compromises. We talk about this. I know we talked about this last week, but especially in the current market and especially talking about it taking an emotional toll and a relationship toll and everything else, part of that is just deciding where you can make compromises. Um, Maybe opening up your way of looking at the home that you're buying and the process in general by making those compromises. Um, it's always important, especially when the market is so contracted as far as the listings that are on the market. Um, I talk about this often, but you have to have your list of what I call non-negotiables. You yes. Know, what is your list of non-negotiables where you're like, you know, the most important thing for me and something that I really can't live without is living in this certain neighborhood. Like that's what you want. Another non-negotiable might be, you know, we really wanted, you know, that guest bedroom, but we really have to have three bedrooms or we have to have four bedrooms, but maybe that extra bedroom would have been nice. Well, now you know, okay, well that's a want, but not a non-negotiable. So I think being flexible with things like that, um, and looking at your list together, if you're buying with somebody else and coming up with those things together can definitely, um, well, that conversation might be stressful. But I think after that point, I think it changes the dynamic of the search and it can it can definitely um, open things up to be a lot better for you down the line. So I think deciding that you're going to come up with those compromises is super important and, and going through that process is important. Yeah, I agree. I mean, having the non-negotiables is, is key. And then you can have your, you know, you would like to have, you mm -hmm. know, like you, you, your wish list that goes on there. And if you can find them, then it's great. I mean, it's going to be there, but you're likely going to have to make some compromises, not with your, your spouse or significant other, if you're buying with them, but also in the market in general. Oh yeah. And I, I used to tell buyers, I'd say, you know, what are non-negotiables? And then I'd say, okay, let's come in 
to the office and let's custom build a home for you. And I do that through the MLS. So I'd say, okay, let's go through the whole thing. Let's custom build the house of your dreams and then the house that, you know, is part of your non-negotiables. And let's compare those and see, you know, which ones we want to set up and go see. And let's see what's out there on the market that matches your dream home, your price, your everything. And then let's look at, okay, what matches the list that you need to have. And then let's set up some showings and let's go look. And I think that that was a, a... That got people excited, so I think that that's important. Great idea. Number three, buying a home can be terrifying financially. (laughs) Mike can probably speak about this. I think anybody in the business can speak about this, that um, people, I, I mean, some people do this when they're renting places too, but I think people really take a hard look at their finances when they're, especially buying the first time or doing a big move up or maybe um, looking at a different amount of a mortgage, um, they really take a hard look at everything in their finances. And sometimes it really freaks them out. Um, and sometimes I think um, commitment freaks people out and looking at a long-term financial commitment that they really have to go through a process to get out of. They can't just break a lease or they can't just move to be out of it. I think it terrifies people. Um, and I think that you know, understanding that and really um, kind of understanding the ins and outs of the process and realize it's not that terrifying it can help you. Yeah. I mean, I think when people do go through it, and you're right, it does terrify a lot of people. And a lot of people maybe haven't taken the time to go through all the different things and all their finances and everything else. And it can be scary. And But once you're done, it's usually you're going to feel a lot better about it because you have a clear eye on what's going on. And unfortunately, too many people out there and, you know, don't look at this stuff or don't have a good handle on their finances and everything else. And and being under control and knowing what you have, where your money's going and everything else will help you prepare for when you are buying. And, um, you know, it just makes a lot of sense to be able to do so. And so, you know, take your time, you know, and their their takeaway talks about don't forget to breathe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, as long as you found a house within your means, you know, you'll be okay, even though sometimes it does seem a little bit uh, a little bit daunting. Well, I tell and I again, I told people this the other day. The most expensive that house is going to be if you change nothing is the first year that you buy it. Yes. You know, every year with inflation and with changes in the economy, I mean, unless we went into some drastic deflationary thing, which is, you know, I don't think would happen. But, you know, the most expensive is going to be the first year that you own it. Every year after that, that payment, because of the time value of money, it gets cheaper for you. So, you know, that first adjustment, once you figure out everything, it's going to get easier for you. you Yeah. And the next one, I guess I'll take because it talks about mortgages, but don't settle for the first mortgage you're offered. And, you know, it does make a lot of sense to shop around, um, talk to somebody who is a professional in, in, you know, in the industry, knows the market, knows the area, and that's going to be there. And um, isn't always necessarily the lowest price that that is out there, but it's going to be the best loan for you. And it's going to be someone that's going to be able to get the the transaction done, somebody that, you know, can explain things to you, to to your level of comfortability that's going to be there and can offer really low and competitive rates. It's important to do there because not all mortgages are made the same and not all loan officers are made the same. Absolutely. And, you know, right now, I mean, I hope I'm not giving anything away when I say this, but right now, I mean, you know, I think that there's a lot of competition out there. I think that by figuring out and talking to different lenders um, and agents, you can find one that works best for you. And hopefully they're competing for your business and wanting to offer you the best, um, the best rate that's out there and also the best services out there because, business is is difficult right now as like there's a lot of people that want to buy and sell but there's just not a lot out there so the business that you get you want to make sure that you're getting the best service from somebody and the best rate from somebody so definitely go out there and search for that and 
Make somebody compete for your business and get the best thing that's out there for you. Number five, and this <laughs> this goes back to mortgages too. And yes, this it does. is this is a really a fun one that again I think is um, I think if everybody understood this, it would make everybody's life easier from borrowers to lenders to everybody. But number five is don't move money around, close bank accounts, or says buy a new iPhone, but really make any kind of large purchase. Yeah, an iPhone, furniture, a new car, switch jobs. I mean, there's so many things, and it is a fun one to talk about, but it's not so fun if if somebody does it and we're in the transaction. Yes. And, you know, so you shouldn't make any major purchase unless you talk to your loan officer first. Make sure it's not going to be any issue. And and nowadays, more than ever, is this talk about, you know, closing bank accounts and moving money around. It's so easy to do so now. Um, literally, with, with the phone in your hand, you can transfer money. You know, it's, uh, you know, my daughter calls me from away from school and says, hey, can you put money on my card? And, you know, the, you can do it with the click of a button. And um, it's so easy to move money around. But as you're moving large chunks of money around, we're going to have to source it. And, and instead of looking at one bank account, next thing you know, you know, you're getting mad at the mortgage, uh, the mortgage person because they're asking you for four different bank accounts. And it's just because money is moved around. The underwriters are going to want to see that, make sure that there wasn't any large deposits that we can't source. So the, the less of it that you can do, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And they, and it's not just one month that they're going to want to look at. They're going to want to look days, at, yeah. yes, they're going to want to look at a history of that. And so, you know, if you're getting money from multiple places, you know, you're doing all that, you want to make sure that you have all your finances set up beforehand, just so, you know, you're not having to go through this very extensive documentation process just because it's complicated, not because you did anything wrong, but just because going through all those requirements and providing all that is cumbersome and, and nobody wants to do that. So it's definitely something to remember if you're getting a mortgage. Number six is property taxes can add quite a bit, bit to your monthly mortgage payment. Um, not just property taxes, but um, well, what's included in property taxes is what's on the bill. But also in our area, especially, there's a ton of CDD fees, right. which are technically part of your property taxes. They're a community development district tax. So that's added to your tax bill. But we, you want to make sure when you're looking at these things that, you know, you're looking at the regular tax plus the CDD plus the HOA, you know, all that together with insurance. Because again, if you're reading national argu- uh, articles and you're doing research, they're going to probably give you estimates that are less, a good bit less than actual Florida homeowners insurance, which is expensive in our state. So going through all that and making sure you have all that accurate um, is important because that's going to change your monthly payment. You know, if you're getting a mortgage, you're going to be escrowing all that stuff, which comes out every month. So you need to make sure you do that because that can also change what you qualify for. Right. And it goes back. We talked about in the first segment what people really look at and what most of you and I do is you know, we're going to write the check for whatever that, uh, you know, or pay online for whatever the monthly payment is, however it comes in. And so you can't just look at just the mortgage payment. You got to look at your taxes, your insurance, all the other flood insurance, if you're in a flood zone, different things that go into your monthly mortgage payment um, and be prepared that, you know, taking all of that into account. Yeah, absolutely. And it's super important to do that. So we'll continue with this list and go through the last couple things right back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us every week. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. We are going through the list of um, eight surprising lessons a real estate editor learned from actually going through the process herself, which right. is a great thing if you're an editor for real estate. Um, 
you know, articles. But the rest of that list, we were on number six. So number seven is set some extra cash aside for your first few months in your new home. Now, a couple things. Usually if you're getting a mortgage, you have to have some extra cash set aside. You know, you can't spend it all on the home or else, you know, the lender's probably not going to let you qualify for that mortgage. So you do have to have some kind of reserves. Uh, but I would say have extra on top of that because there's going to be stuff as a homeowner from that point that you own the home forward that you're going to have to do to homes uh, to your home that could be unexpected. So you want to make sure you have like an emergency fund for that. Or there's going to be stuff that you want to do um, because maybe, you know, you want to redo that bathroom or maybe you want to end up redoing the floor or whatever. You want to make sure you're not spending all your money just on the mortgage and, and living. Yeah, 100%. You, you should have some money. And it doesn't even need to be major things, you know. Um, just buying, you know, buying some paint or a deposit on maybe one of your utilities and, you know, adding, buying a little piece of furniture here, there, it all can add up and it can end up being several thousand dollars. So, you know, next thing you know, it's, it's back to being, you know, terrifying financially. Seems like everybody's holding their hand out, wanting some extra money. You're going to have some extra expenses um, when, when you move in, even if you're not doing a major rehab or anything yes. else like that, it can add up really, really quickly. Well, and that's what the, that's what the editor said, you know, each one of these sections, there's a little takeaway at the bottom. And their takeaway was that they didn't realize, you know, how much those little maintenance things from moving in were going to add up. And usually they're more expensive than maybe you're thinking, especially if you haven't owned a home before. And in the market that we're in where, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing work out there because they want their homes to be great because they've been in them for a while. Um, You know, maybe they can't find anything else. So now they're renovating them. But stuff um, that you maybe in your mind um, budgeted for that you think isn't going to be very expensive is going to be, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be more than you're thinking. So have a cushion there and make sure that you have a plan um, to to have some money because it's going to, the maintenance is going to be a little more than you're expecting up front. Um, And number eight, expect the unexpected. So, you know, they said they had their mortgage date, they got a clear to close, um, and then their closing was delayed. (laughs) So this um, is kind of what we talked about earlier as far as, you know, make sure that, you know, you and your agent are going through uh, the discussion about that. You know, can you afford to have a closing that was supposed to close on a Friday, push to Monday or Tuesday of the next week. You know, then all of your stuff is on a moving truck or you're getting a hotel for the weekend or whatever the case might be. Um, You want to make sure that you're planning all of those things because there is going to be stuff that comes up during the process that is unexpected. And especially because this is, uh, I, I think, as I said earlier, you know, real estate and the process is one of the most emotional processes you can go through. It's, you know, you're on really high highs, you're on lows, you're getting frustrated. Um, you know, it's it's very emotionally charged. So every little thing that comes up is going to feel probably 10 times worse to you than it really is. So you need to make sure that you have um, some emotional plan to expect the unexpected. Yeah. And I would say if you can build some cushion in there, you can build some extra time in there and have the expectation that something may come along because you can do everything absolutely right and absolutely correct. 
and your mortgage lender and your real estate agent and the t- everybody could do everything you know absolutely correct and then something still could cause a delay right it, so there are things that do happen um, not all the time but when they do happen if you again back to your point you know listen if you're in a hotel room with three dogs and two toddlers <laughs> right that becomes a lot more stressful than if you had built in three or four extra days you know before you're going to be able to move in case some of that stuff happens and i understand sometimes that's not possible but more of that that you can build in um and and the better off you're going to be to have an extra little wiggle room in case to to expect the unexpected because we can't possibly tell you what it's going to be in the beginning your real estate agent nobody really can but things can and do happen over the course of time and so just knowing that something may happen and again we're not trying to make people paranoid no, out there no, no. Um, but things do happen and most of the time they're they, you know they cause a small delay and we, we're able to you know overcome them and get things done um, but knowing that it will happen is is you know helps you with that emotional side of it yeah and I think just um I I would tell you that if you're working with a real estate agent, every step of the process, just say, okay, what's the next step? What can we plan on from here? What could possibly happen? And again, they can't go through everything, but they can tell you, especially if they do a good amount of business, what's pretty common, what could be a holdup, um, where the speed bumps might be. Um, so you can kind of plan for that. But I think discussing that and being open about that and just saying, okay, well, what can happen? Um, Going through that with everybody, I think it just makes the plan much, much easier and you're prepared for what could happen. Again, this uh, there's going to be stuff that happens. It's not always major, which is what I'm saying. Um, nine times out of 10, closing happen, more than that, closing happens and it's great. Um, but just be prepared in case they ask for some crazy documentation at the end or in case the seller, you know, messes up something at the walkthrough at the end or something like that. And, you know, I I know we talk about this all the time, but it's just another reason why it's so important to work with, you know, a full-time real estate agent, somebody that knows what they're doing, has the experience of doing so, a full-time loan officer that knows what they're doing, is local to the area, has good expertise in what they're doing. Um, And of course, we want it to be the Duncan Duo and and, and cross-country mortgage, but even if it's not, you know, do, working with someone that is professional, that understands and goes through it, it is so important because as these things come up, you want somebody that's been there, done that, and knows how to handle it, who to call, and how to work your, your way through it. Absolutely. So, Mike, again, I know we discussed this earlier. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, 813-377-2743. Again, 813-377-2743. If you just have a question, want to bounce ideas off, we're always available, or you can go to crosscountrytampa.com, crosscountrytampa.com, um, and reach out to Jen on her page, and she'll be able to help you out. Awesome. And you can get in touch with us, 813-359-8990 is our office line. You can find us on all our social media channels, the Duncan Duo team. You can go to our website, uh, send us an email from there, chat with us there, You know, whatever you want to do. We'd love to help you out. We can answer all of your questions. We have so much experience. I know Mike has so much experience. We've seen everything in the business. Um, Not everything. I'm surprised all the time. But we've seen (laughs) so much in the business that, you know, 99% of the things we can walk you through, we can come up with a plan with, and we can get you in that house that you're definitely out there probably searching for right now. So give us a call. We'd love to help. Thanks for joining us this week on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We appreciate you every week and have a great rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.